this week on Not Just Another Sex Podcast. I feel like last year I got there. Like, financially, I wasn't scared. I had stood up for myself. I I did the unthinkable. Like, I stood up to the boogeyman. I'm not going to say I lost everything because I didn't. Um, I did not expect to be living in a van part-time. It's been scary because it's like, I, I don't want to go back to feeling like I don't have anything versus before I felt like I was dealing with my parents because I didn't have any money. I'm here and I don't... I know that last year felt better, but this year I have a bigger purpose. And so I'm grieving it. So I look at you and I'm so proud of you and all that you're doing. And even when you feel like you're failing, it's necessary. It is growing you in ways that you don't even realize. It is teaching you things that you don't even realize you're going to need for the future. Sitting here at 42 (laughs) versus your 31. I can talk about it in retrospect of being in those situations and being, you know, in a different place financially. I'm definitely not where I want to be. But I remember filing a tax return, having two kids and I made $22,000. And looking back on how God kept me, how we didn't miss meals, being a woman of faith. I think we've had this conversation. I wrestle with my faith and what I feel. Who I know God (laughs) to be, but how I know that I feel like at times he's failed me and then realizing he really hasn't. Hey, sugar, you're listening to Not Just Another Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Samaya Burton. I've been a hands-on sexual educator for over five years through my company, Sexual Essentials. So I can tell you that being an adult absolutely has its perks. But now let's talk about just how hard adulting really is. Whether you're healing trauma, building healthy relationships, or figuring out how to create your own happiness, the truth is you may feel like you don't know what you're doing, but you're here now, and that's enough. Welcome back to Not Just Another Sex Podcast. My name is Samaya, and I am your host, and thank you so much for tuning in again. So we have an amazing episode today, Um, but before we get started, I want to show some love to this review that was left. This one is from Alexandria Pope. She said, soulfully cleansing. Just started listening to the podcast, and I'm loving it. The information is great, well thought out, and so relevant. You make topics that can be hard to approach, easier to dissect, and your voice is so soothing. Oh, big part. Looking forward to diving in, diving into all the episodes and more to come. Thank you so much. Look here, you guys. I will say it each and every time because I do not want you to forget I am a real person making real content. I'm not a robot. So whenever you guys leave these reviews, like... It's real. I'm not just making it for myself. I'm making it. And some of the things that I don't want to share, I'm like, you know what? No, this is something everybody needs to hear. Um, I'm not just doing it for myself. I'm doing it for you guys too. Um, so thank you for just honestly taking a moment to even leave a review. I know it's easy to, you know, leave a bad review when somebody pissed you off, but we don't really leave reviews when they're good. So, um, thank you guys so much because I know that you guys are listening to the episodes and y'all are hearing me say this and y'all are like doing it. So it is super supportive. Thank you very, very much. Um, I'm nervous today, y'all. <sighs> I'm nervous today because this episode is just super full circle for me. Um, today we are, I'm just going to give a, just a full service trigger warning because today's episode is about grief. Um, and it's going to be fun and funny and a lot of organized fun for sure. But <laughs> um, if you're not a place maybe ready to hear um, about grief, then this is just a heads up for that. Um, so thank you guys for being here with us on this episode. And we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, 
before I introduce our guest, I'm going to do the adult tip of the day. Um, our adult tip of the day is pretty much like a five minute, something you could put in your pocket um, to be, to make adulting a little easier, something that you need to remember, something you need to remind yourself of because adulting is not easy. Like, I don't know about y'all, but I, I wake up and I'll be like, yo, I'm the grown up in the room. Or if there is an emergency that happens, like I need to know all my insurance information. Like the other day I realized my insurance had lapsed and I didn't even know. <laughs> like, you know, I'm still getting it together. But um, the adult of the day is five minutes, something that you need to remember to make adulting a little bit easier for you. So um, the adult tip of the day is a post that comes from, let's see, therapy with Abby. It says, just because something feels good in the moment, it doesn't mean it is self-care. Self-care is sometimes the hard stuff. Self-care might be acknowledging your feelings of jealousy, resentment, admitting that you're struggling, walking away, setting a boundary or saying no, recognizing you have been the toxic one, prioritizing your financial health, holding yourself accountable, allowing your angry sides to have a voice. Um, I think that... Adulting is so full circle that we're striving to be a better person every single day. But a lot of times we're not forgiving ourselves or even acknowledging the hard parts, the, the parts that you're not perfect. And a lot of times I see the accountability is a really big issue. And I get asked all the time, how are you so accountable to somebody? Like your show, you're just so vulnerable, like telling everybody everything that you've done wrong and stuff like that. But I'm also telling you how I fixed it, how I, how I recognized it, how I started understanding more. And a lot of that came with just being able to accept that I'm not perfect. Yes, I'm striving every single day, but I also make mistakes every single day. Sometimes I'm not the most positive person. And the more that I accepted that, the more I allowed myself to just be human, you know? So I'm, it also helped me like not be so judgmental of others because most times we're wrong. (laughs) Most times we're wrong. What makes the difference is the integrity of the intention behind what it is that you're doing and the accountability of like, oh, okay, I see where I messed up there. Here's how I can do better. That's what makes you a good person. So don't focus on doing things perfect or it being a certain way, um, except that self-care is allowing you to be an imperfect person. That's what really helps me. So um, before we continue with the show, I have like the OG bad bitch in my life. <laughs> here with me today. This is my, I'm going to say sister because you know, like we black. So I could be like, oh, this is my cousin or whatever. In my life, this person has always been my big sister. My friend Leela. Say hey to the folks. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Y'all, she doesn't do this and she's doing this for me and for, for you. Her, and probably for you too. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Maybe just a tiny bit. Um, Leela is, um, so I don't know if you guys know, no, but I grew up in the church. Um, very black ass Baptist church. Good like Baptist. it was very blackity black. Like the mothers, the hats, the Easter, the, the miming, the, the choir. Like I did all that stuff. Like vacation Bible school. It, Everything we was at Sundays, like we were at church a lot. Um, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) And I met Leela, what were you like, 26, 27? 
I was so, 24. Oh, damn. You was a super grown up. Yeah, I was 24 when I started as ET. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so my church home um, is Zion Travelers back in St. Louis. And when I met Leela, I was, what, like a preteen? It was getting there. Like yeah. 12, 13, we get into, you know, becoming a, a young lady, right? Um, and... Okay. You know, now that I'm 31, I know how my life was not together at 24. <laughs> I know what I thought she was 27. And I was like, damn, you was only 24. Like even 27, I couldn't see me like leading a group of church women, like or young girls and, and being accountable or responsible for them. And what's crazy is that you started doing it without it even being responsibility. You were you just took us under your wing. You yeah, know? definitely was. Uh, one of those things where you say you don't call the equipped God, God, God equips call. the called. Um, and it definitely was one of those things where I was figuring out my own way. I had just had a kid yeah. and, um, I actually joined ZT, um, on the back end of grief. Um, my boyfriend of, uh, my high school sweetheart had died and I had took a break from the church mm. and I came back to, to God in a way that uh, they were doing a 40 days of purpose yeah, and, and travelers. And my friend invited me to do that journey. And that's how I ended up at ZT. You never left after that. <laughs> <laughs> um, for us, the young girls, it was like, Oh, she young. Like she ain't old. That boy, we was on her like white on rice. They, it was yeah. just like, okay, she in the church and she is not lame. Like, <laughs> Baby, the heels was high. The hair was done. It was just the lady of ladies, okay? Um, while toting this baby around, right? Um, and so I just, um, yes, God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And that really is what this episode is about. Um, really paying um, homage to you and giving you, you're so comfortable. Like, oh, here we are. <laughs> Well, you know, because when you do things out of love, you don't expect the recognition for it. It's just, yeah. it was really a labor of love and just being around you girls. You guys helped me more than I, than you guys even realized. <laughs> like it was a, a therapeutic thing for me at the time. So definitely. Um, well, we are going to get into that. But now that y'all know who I'm sitting with today. Hey, ladies, let's discuss safety for a second. Believe it or not, men don't always provide the condoms anymore. And it's not always to avoid using them. Sometimes it's because they don't want to assume. Don't worry, though. It's a new age, and with the help of Indulgere, women are getting control of their safety and comfort by getting more familiar with protection and knowing their options. Picking protection can be intimidating, but also beneficial. By choosing your own condom, you're in control of picking a brand that doesn't throw off your pH, and you can make sure that the condom actually is the right size. Hey, we've all been there. With Indulgere, they offer a variety pack of different sizes because they know that one size does not fit all. You can discuss with your partner which layer of protection works best. When you decide that you're ready, you'll have everything that you need, and that includes options. Queens value their safety, so make sure that you check out Indulgere.co and grab your variety pack. And don't forget to use code NJASP for a discount. Check out their link below, and now back to the show. We're going to get to Twitter Talk. Uh, the Twitter talk is where we pay homage to black Twitter because all things amazing and funny have all erupted from black Twitter. Um, and also I've learned like facts and stuff, like just random stuff. Um, you gotta Google some of them. You gotta watch it. But long story short, black Twitter has been around even when Twitter ain't even named Twitter no more. So, um, all right. So today's Twitter talk is 
examples of grief that don't involve death. So if you're listening to this episode and you're like, okay, well, why would um, grief be such a trigger topic? Um, I'm not just talking about the loss of a loved one. Um, there are so many things that we do grieve and we don't realize that like sometimes you might skip over something, skip over a sermon, skip over an episode, skip over because you're like, that doesn't really apply to me. But ultimately, the way we get through life, we use the same thing. The way you do one thing is how you do everything. So the way you cook your food is how you're going to do your work at the get work. That's how you're going to love your kids. Like, And even with grief, you realize, like, I don't know how to get through this. Finding out it's the same way that you get through everything is just it's harder. So um other examples of grief that don't involve death are estrangement from family members, changes in financial status. Divorce, loss of a job, infertility, loss of health, retirement, a breakup, getting clean from um, drinking or drugs, end of a end of a friendship, uh, redundancy, or moving. And <laughs> I was going through, and I was like, "Damn, I done went through almost all of those." <laughs> Definitely can identify with a lot of that. Yeah, like I didn't, um, I didn't even realize I was grieving when I cut my parents off. And I was like, they're alive. Like, I just didn't even process this. That that's what it was. So I'm like, they're alive. They're they're fine. Um, so estrangement from family members. I think about um, me having to put up this the boundaries of you know healing and my story. Y- y'all know. Yeah, I've been here for a while. Um, change of financial status. Um, I realized I had to acknowledge even recently that I am grieving where I was financially last year. You know. Last year it was Dubai, it was first class flights, it was, you know, just really getting comfortable with even spending money on myself um, and also financial security. And then this year it's like, no, nah, you should open this production company and you should spend all your money on cameras, equipment and, you know, your own little Oprah set. And I love it. But, you know, you feel even uncomfortable saying that you're grieving some of these things, but it's like, look how blessed I am. Look how amazing my life is. But also the hardship that comes with that is not something that I really want the rest of my life to look like. But also because I remember what it was like last year where it had so much stillness, so much peace, um, so much quiet, so much of me falling in love with myself. I do grieve that time. And it, it's uncomfortable, which takes me back to the adult tip of the day embracing that you're not perfect. You're not going to be grateful all the time is, but how quick can you check yourself and say, Hey, like I'm grateful for this or whatever. Um, divorce. I've done that one. You've been married, Lila? No, (laughs) I knew the answer, but I just want to make sure we on camera now. So if you, (laughs) no secret marriages, I don't know about secret marriages. Okay. Relationships that felt like marriage, but not actual marriage. (laughs) Uh, loss of a job. I've, I've had that one. Infertility. I've not had an infertility um, situation, but I did realize I mourned the thought of having more children because I can't really say like I'm a thousand percent comfortable doing it again, knowing, not knowing, like not for the kid part, but who says the co-parent would be as good as this situation? Or like, what if I have my kids on two different weeks? Like, that's wild. I just... <laughs> You know, loss of health. I finally got COVID and I was very aware of like, oh my God, like I don't want to lose my health. Like I started back working out after that because I just, my body hurt so much. I didn't even realize how much I still have. As long as my body moved fine. Yeah. I, going up steps after having COVID was like, Ooh. oh my God. <laughs> right. So it was just definitely, I had COVID last year. Mm. I had it just for the first, this new strain, I had it for the first time. I was a virgin. <laughs> 
sure. Um, retirement, breakup, cleaner drugs, all that. I've had most of these on here, so y'all get the point. Um, point is, you grieve things that, that have changed, even if they've changed for the better. Um, and hell, sometimes they hurt just as much. Like friendships, there, there's a lot of things that you give up that you don't even want to. It's just you know that it's best for you. Yeah, any loss can result in the, those feelings of grief. And I yeah. think that we only think of loss in terms of death as a reason to grieve. But like you said, there are d- definitely tons of different reasons that we uh, invoke those same emotions with grief on situations that come up. Um, so um, I want to first start off. Well, thanks for joining me on the Twitter talk. <laughs> Appreciate you. You did great. <laughs> Um, I want to get into, um, just like your support and who you were, who you were to me and kind of just let, um, fill the people in. Um, so I don't think you guys realize how young 24 is to where you have this group of girls that's like 12, 13 coming to your house every weekend. Like you have a child and your child was what, like David was what, like. He was a newborn when he, I first. He was so small. He was little. Cause I moved from Houston when he was three. So yeah, that, yeah, he was a baby. So he was super small. She had no reason to be hanging out. And you know, teenage, they say teenage girls had the attitudes or the this or that. But you know, I knew how to deal with that. These are the facts. It's <laughs> <laughs> the ringleader. Um, and it just, it was, it was so crazy because even thinking about like just where I was financially last year, I used to think you were rich. <laughs> that is hilarious but it's soothing it's soothing because now that i'm a grown-up i'm like oh my gosh leela did not have no money when she was 24 because i recognize exactly where i was at 24 i'm like oh my gosh but like the love and the care that you gave us it felt like there was nothing that we couldn't have and i feel like um romanticizing my life is something that i feel like i saw you do because no matter what you had, it was it was going to be the ladiest of ladies. It was going to be cute. It was going to have some bougie on it. All of that. Like, I learned so many little things from it. I, I still remember now. He was like, mm-mm, pain is beauty. Don't take off those heels. Like, <laughs> you got a ball on a budget. <laughs> you got a ball on a budget. I realized we used to go to Hula Hands every Sunday after church. And I'm like, oh, we going to a bar. Now, you know my mom and daddy didn't take us out to eat. So... <laughs> Well, I don't know about you. <laughs> and she would take us to lands, and so they would have like the five dollar appetizers and this. And she'd be like, "Oh, get whatever you want, yeah, because they five dollars." So, but like nobody knew that. Like we didn't know that. It was just like, okay, this young girl taking us out, and you know, my pa- for me, my parents weren't really letting me out the house with people like that. Um, and I feel like you were the first person who even noticed. You were like, "So why would you be doing? You, you fucking?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> Okay, you got a boy? No. Do you go out? No. Okay. You seem to be good. Why can't you go nowhere? Let me go talk to your mom and daddy. And and she would go yeah. and she would talk to my mom and daddy. And at that time, I mean, you didn't know what was going on. I didn't, um, yeah. I didn't tell anybody what my dad was doing. Um, but he was a deacon of the church. I mean, there was no reason to... They were, they were ab- abnormally strict. I think that was the only thing that people saw, that they were abnormally strict and very protective um, of like where we went and who we were around. But I feel like Leela know how to code switch because we grow up with elders in the church. And 
you know what I'm saying? Like even outside of like, and y'all know how it is. Like if you have a baby in the church, a lot of people want to shun you and things like that. But like the mothers love some Lila. Like some people had some issues, but at the end of the day, when it came down to those girls and the youth, it was like, well, Lila's going to do it. It's going to be thorough. Like, you know what I mean? And so there was that. So for me, it was the first time I was getting to go out and hang out with other girls that were my age and also act like, like I was allowed to like boys, even like around you. Like that was a big thing. Girl, I feel like if you wouldn't have came in at that point by that, I was already boy crazy. By the time I got into boys, I feel like it would have been worse. Like, (laughs) (laughs) um, and it was always still appropriate, but I just feel like you let kids be kids, but also letting them grow up and, learn like could you talk to that because like I think a lot of people think like oh your mentor in the church or whatever means like y'all just read scriptures together but I just didn't feel like it was like that like God was always real and in our conversations but it's not like we we didn't have to remember that every single moment like we can go out we could do all these things but also we are going to be at Sunday school it was just like you could do both if you were big about duality yeah definitely big about duality because you have to have balance you have to give uh, kids room to be kids. And I think sometimes, especially in the church, you forget that you were once that age. Um, a lot <laughs> of your first ladies had their first babies before they were first ladies, before mm-hmm. they were wives and before they were, um, these pillars of the church. And I think that sometimes we forget that there's that element. I used to always tell my uh, teenage, like I told you guys, I'm going to give you the space to be 15, to be yeah. 15. Cause I was there once. And I know the feelings that mm-hmm. you have, the emotions you have. I know that you're entering puberty. I know the thoughts that you're having. So when you guys would come <laughs> to me, Oh, he said this. Oh, what did he say this? And I would tell you exactly <laughs> what the guy said. Cause nothing is new under the sun. And I think that we forget that as adults. So you have to give kids to have that space to be kids, to be teenagers, to grow up and to experience and go through those experiences. Because even though we don't want them to make the same mistakes we make, we want them to gain the knowledge. So how do you gain that knowledge? You have to be real. You have to be transparent and you have to let them know that you understand where they're coming from. So how do you do that? By letting them be who they are and expressing that to you. So that was always a big thing with me. My mom was really big on that because my grandmother was super strict. Yeah. And they all had babies in high school. They all did the things that you don't want your kids to do. (laughs) So she was a little different with me. I had rules. I had regulations. I knew my limitations, but I was also free to have that openness. And I wanted to give that to you girls as well. It's so crazy because everybody always used to think, or it was perceived like, Oh, like Lila's fucking everyone. And it was like, Lila, (laughs) Lila go clank, clank a whole out as long (laughs) as you can go, baby. Toe to toe. I remember used to let us like hang out. Like, okay. If we knew a guy or whatever, it's like, you can hang out. Ma'am, go put on some pants. No skirt. Like, let's relax. Like, it was always like literally, oh, ooh, ooh. we could have like different firsts and things with you, but it was always, ma'am, you were a lady. Not like, no, you just shouldn't, but also, come on now. You already know you're going to be hot and heavy. You don't need that on. Like, it was just like, you right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Versus having to um, act like we didn't feel the things that we felt and just demonizing them, you know? Um, but, so I feel like at that time you were, you might not have felt, and I know, and I, I saw it I, now that I'm older, I saw it where it was like, I don't, why am I doing this? 
like all these ladies that's in the church, like they 30 days, they got a husband, they got the support. You want me, the single mother to be. Now you want me to take on these babies too. Um, and you did. Um, and so fast forward, I called you and I'm like, oh, I'm getting married. <laughs> I will say this. Just because you made the wrong decision doesn't mean it was a dumb decision. <laughs> I believed. <laughs> You remember I the conversation I had with you? I do. <laughs> and I always tell people, I said, Leela will, Leela, you know, was like, are you sure? Are you sure? And she was like, I'm not, I promise you it's not. She said, I support you either way. Either way. But yeah. I'm not going to ask you, are you sure? And, but also for the longest, I also um, had a certain level of maturity that most people don't have. And I, I do believe that you believed I believed I was right. <laughs> I believe that you, you believe believed that you were right. right. Yes. <laughs> Even if I didn't believe you were right, right, I believe that you believed you yes. were right. And I do think that you have to give people that room to whatever it is because... Even as adults, we see things from our perspective yeah. and we may feel that you're wrong. And I could have been wrong, you know, because I'm not in your relationship every day. I'm not in your life every moment of what you have going right. on. But then you do understand other things as far as like experience and knowing relationships. <laughs> Nine and times out of ten that experiences. And what's crazy is it, it is difficult to argue, especially like you had us high functioning, having real conversations and things like that. But also I didn't pick a terrible man. Not at all. I didn't pick the wrong man. He was just the wrong man for me. He's an amazing co-parent. Like that part, 100% spot on. That part works. But you know, the rest of it is just like experience says getting married at 22. If it's still, she was like, I feel like you were like, if, if it's supposed to work out, I want to work out in like five years too. And it was like, but I want to do it now. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like that. We want it what we want, when we want it, how we want it. And immediately, <laughs> which is also why, you but knew. delayed gratification is still gratification. <laughs> and we don't understand that. <laughs> I'm working on, I think I'm just now getting to that point and it hurts even though I'm accepting it I know how to do it now it still is so much grief in just doing what I want and not being scared because the the things that you can do when you're not scared is crazy but then as soon as you realize oh I bleed like you move different and I think that some of my dreams have always been so big that I've always just went a hundred percent or zero (laughs) I don't really have a I don't really have a medium yeah um but when we split up, you were there as well. Um, and, um, you know, really being there, talking, sharing experiences and, you know, hey, I've never been married, but like this is, you know, are you doing what you need to do? Or is your mind right? What's up? Yeah. We get past all that. Then all of a sudden you turn on the internet. Samaya got a show. Hey, and I, and I called all of you guys and I said, look, I have a show coming out and I just, I don't want you to hear about anything on yeah. there. And what, was it right before the show or was it like a little bit before that? It was before the show. We okay, like talk. a year before that. Yeah. When I, okay, when I cut them off, I, yes. to, I called and told you. We did, we talked. Um, yes. How did you feel about that? Can you give me your experience? I've asked everybody on the show, anybody that I do know that comes on the show, just like what that experience was like. Um, I would say for, for me, as a person who was in your life during that time period. Like really, really in my Really life. in your life like every being week. around you in a way. Um I felt hurt in some ways. Like, how did I not see this? Or how did I not, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or that 
that wasn't a, um, a conversation to be had. And could I've done something in that moment, you know, because, um, with everything, I always wanted to protect you girls. I always wanted to yeah. be there for you guys and to be like that safe space for you guys. So. And you were. Yeah. You and, were. but feeling like, oh, was there something I could have done differently or something I could have, I didn't notice or, you know, that, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But, um, also being very proud of you and how you handled things and how you were always still a light even when you were in dark places. And that was just like being very proud of how you're vulnerable because people don't get to those points. There's people in their lifetimes, even people my age who never get to the point where they feel comfortable enough or strong enough or even vulnerable enough to share that and to make decisions to separate themselves from people in their lives. So (laughs) it was a duality moment, like um, in terms of feeling, okay, I may have missed something, but I know that my purpose being in your life at that time and getting you out of the house and being there and being a place where you can come and be yourself and relax. Yeah. So that was a, a saving grace for me. But I did think, oh, God, did I miss something? Could I have helped in another way? Yeah. But still being very proud of you. And I think that when I when I called everybody, I, I called them personally because I was just like, I had already understood the assignment that was being given. Mm-hmm. And I was wrestling with that. So I was like, damn, I can't even imagine because if it was the other way around. And I have felt that. I have felt the guilt of not saying something sooner. There have been repercussions. And I don't think, I think doing the right thing and making sure I handle all of it now. You know what I'm saying? I can't, I can't erase the past, but I will make sure that nobody else is hurt by this. You know, and so even the people that have loved me, I didn't want that open endedness of like, did was I like whatever? And I made sure that you guys knew this is how you were showing up for me when you didn't even know you were. Yeah. And so like you are the light. And when I say that God calls like he doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called and you at 24 you have no idea who you are in my life. Like you are a superstar. Like (laughs) bitch was wearing six inch heels, baby hurt like. And at an old at an older age now, I'm aware like, and that was just the broke version of who I could be then. Not even like I remember like your first apart girl, the apartment of <laughs> yeah, and just but I was like, it's hers, it's all hers, and it's just like, and I always watched you take care of what you had, whatever you had, it was treated like baby. There was a uh, you you scratched my car. I, I remember you took. You scratched my car. And you remember when you had the, what, what the hell was that? What, which car? It was before you got the Grand Prix. The one for like the Lumina. Oh, girl. (laughs) But she took care of her stuff. And that's why I just learned it just like, even as like, just not, and not without, you are very independent, but also may I watch you also make space for men when they decided they want to, you know, but if you don't, you don't like, I just loved your approach. Um, just as a one woman, young woman watching you have individuality. Like I watched my mom have the same personality as my dad. And that's crazy. Cause I thought my mom was super cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. when she, when you get tired by herself, she's, you know, she kind of fun mm-hmm. in a weird way, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I fucked with her. So, um, there was that, um, and then let's see, let's see, let's see. You almost got me tearing up, and I'm trying to make my, yeah, my makeup like, last. Blink, 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 blink. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, so there was that, and then I, um, 
decide to come out with the show. Sexual Essentials was doing what it needed to do. Um, and you were, and you were so supportive of, of Sexual Essentials and everything I was doing. And you were deciding to come to the art exhibit. And I remember it, um, like it was yesterday, I was getting fitted for the dresses and Aisha was like, Hey, and I'm thinking, I'm going to send them the ticket. Like we going, I, I got it. I got to get dressed. And, and she said, David has died. Um, and David was, is, is. I think it is sounds better. Yeah, you so, always say is. Yeah, you say always is. Talk, I talk you about always, him in the present. Always in the I present. Do. Definitely talk about him um, in the present. Always in the present. David is her son. Um, and do you do you want me to share you? Mm. <laughs> Anytime David comes up, I get a little emotional because he's yeah. my baby. Um, but yeah, so it's been a year. It has been a year, and I got her ass on this show. I, <laughs> and here she is. <laughs> Um, last year at the art exhibit, um, Lila was supposed to be coming and, um, one day her baby didn't come home. Um, David was 17, about to graduate. 16. 16. Yeah. Okay. Junior, he was getting ready to start his, he just started his junior year in high school. So this would have been his senior, senior. year this year. So yeah. engineering, fam, you, we had plans. Yeah. <laughs> I was scheming to see Lee Lamore. I'm like, yes, family would be great. Yes, we were making plans to take a visit because that, you know, he wanted to go to a HBCU. Girl, this hotline is, your, your, your butt is rigging. <laughs> Come on, Richard. You want a show. Y'all, I'm on a show today. <laughs> crying. Crying. So why you got me crying today? Um, but yes. So yeah, last year was, um, crazy. Last year was a year of grief. Um, and it, it started in July. My, my dad, my pop, uh, my mom got married when I was in high school, but he was in all intents and purposes, my dad. And yeah. he passed in July in Atlanta. We were visiting in Atlanta. He passed in July last year. And then not even two months later, my son passes and it was just a snowball effect of just different people who were, my Leela passed last year too. So like yeah. I had Miss Helen Foster, who was one of um, the women in my life at the church that I grew up with that definitely made that impact that took that extra interest in me in terms of understanding my mom was a single mom. I was the youngest girl and I'm the youngest and the only girl in the house. So yeah. I always had those women that took that interest in me and were like mother figures and talked to me and were very real and very transparent. And get your nails done for the first time. <laughs> yeah. And man. things like that. So she passed last year as well um, in October. So it was just a year every month I was getting, but Definitely my son was just like, it was devastating. And yeah. it's still like that process of like, yeah. yeah. Um, and so when I came down there, I just, I was just like, I don't even know what, I didn't know what to say. And I don't think anybody ever does, which is probably annoying as hell. Um, <laughs> you ain't got to keep it cute on this show. We said, just go ahead. Just like, I will say that, that that is one of the things where I feel like just don't say anything. Because if you have not experienced that, you have no idea. Um, losing a parent, losing a loved one, um, aunts, uncles, cousins, even because I've had, I've had a miscarriage prior to the miscarriage grief is, but having a kid and raising it and seeing that personality develop and knowing them in an intimate way and personally, and that was my little homie. You know what I'm saying? But like David was like that kid. He was. He was such an awesome kid. 
And when I say, I know, I know everybody be like, oh, my kid is awesome. I'm just saying like the, the hard work parenting, it showed up like the way that she loved on me, like to her child, raising, raising a boy to be a man is very difficult already. Just as a, I have to, you know, not that Dave didn't have to, Dave definitely had two parents, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's difficult to even mother a boy because you're, you don't want to pacify them or you realize what's missing or you realize the ways that they soften you up. Like just as a mom, they're different and you realize the boys and the girls that the same you know they're the exact same if not they're more emotional like all those things that it made you realize just having a boy and then um you know getting to not to the end but we say of course the parenting journey never ends like even now you're still his parent but getting to that 18 point where you're like okay i did it and also um you getting right past 40 which is such a milestone and so beautiful and doing it so gracefully um to the point that it's like, okay, what do I want to do next? Like you had a new life starting and your new life started with grief. And every and I just that shakes me and it scares the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy because I do feel like that was a pivot point for me. Like I was everything was aligning in other aspects of my life. I was really finding myself in a different way. Yeah. Um, even career wise. Um, I went back to school and got my math, my, my bachelor's degree at 38. I had just started my master's degree program, which has been put on pause and I'm going to, I start back in January. And you graduate when? December next year on my baby's birthday. So that's the goal. So Um, you're getting these credits. Getting these credits. And graduating December 14th. Graduation is on December 14th, which is his birthday next year. So, um, definitely, um, feeling like everything was like in line with like career, me, um, starting my own business. I had just started my own business and gaining clients and doing things with that. And then I just feel like the bottom fell out, you know, and, um, dealing with grief in that way and just really understanding that it's a crippling thing at times yeah. and learning to, um, honor the person that you're grieving for in a way that shows up in your life is hard sometimes because I did go into like a dark place and then understanding that he would not want me to be that person. (laughs) I'm looking at you because I know you. He would not want me to be that person. Um, And he was such an empath in a way, like anytime I felt down, he would come in there and he wasn't a huggy, like, oh, let me hug my mom all the time because he was a teenager. But -hmm. like anytime I felt a certain kind of way, he'd come in there and be like, you need a hug today? Yeah, mommy, I'll take it today. I'll, I'll take, take it, it today. And I'm not a touchy feely person. I know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few times a- in my life that you hug me tight and at the. Yeah, because I'm, yeah. I am definitely like, why are you touching me? Like, um, what is that about? Like, I feel you. I will say this, unless we're about to have sex, there's no Like, separate corners, neutral corners. But I will say that, um, in that space, like now getting to the place where I still process my grief and I still have like days, you know, there's weeks I cry every day, you know, yeah. because I think about my son and where his life was going and what yeah. I saw for him. But at the same time, how do I honor the memory of him in a, in a way that shows up in my life? And I live that and I reflect that where he's proud even of me as his yes. mom and what I'm doing with my life. So and that's, having another baby, have not another, like as in new. Let me correct that just for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then that too, because still being, being, a, still a, being mother, a mother of two. You know, being you a, are mother of two. And so you have um your daughter as well. 
Definitely. And I never planned on having any more kids after I had David. So my kids are six six years apart because that was not a plan to have more kids. I was like, I'm okay with having this one and being okay. Um, But I definitely think that if I didn't have her, I probably would aspire even more because I did understand that I still have to show up for this kid. I still have to be her mom and be in her life. And I can't check out. I can't just say, oh, this kid is gone and and then forget about this one, my my second child. So showing up for her and being the example of what she needs to be, especially since she's a girl. It's it's definitely. You got to still have your, give her what you gave us. Yeah, definitely. And um, also with you guys, and you guys don't really understand it, a lot of stuff with my kids I tend to look at you guys and I use you guys as as examples of like, this is what you can do. This is what's possible for you. Like, um, and different avenues you can take to be successful. Like everybody's took a different path, Yeah, but everybody's walking in their purpose and doing well. And I'm so proud of you guys. We're proud of you. (laughs) Yes. Um, Oh yes. Thank you. We got to preserve the bad bitch. Oh, okay. (laughs) Keep it going. That's the name of the episode, preserve the bad bitch. Um, And honestly, I think that's what happens with life. Um, And also just, like I said, being 31 now. (laughs) What is going on? (laughs) Being 31 now, um, I'm very aware how much your life does come together in your 30s. Like 20s is mad young. And like, it's those 30s where you're like, the life that you live is intentional versus 20 is kind of like the life you've been handed to you. And you realize that 29 or 30, I can change all of this. And I saw you move, you took your babies, you started somewhere else. And um, you seem freer to be out of St. Louis. It was just like the time to to get out and be there. Um, but I also feel like, I also feel like um, the same thing happens at 40. And so I feel like, I'm looking forward to 40 because I'm like, okay, I'm about to see the work that I'm intentionally putting in in my 30s pay off, right? Uh, yeah. So now that 30, a, 30 felt like, oh my God, I'm 30. 40 felt like, I'm here. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm doing this, honey. I'm working yeah. this life and um, owning yourself. I think at 40, 40 was like, I really knew who I was and how I wanted to show up in the world at 40 more so than I did at 30. 30, I was still like transitioning, trying to figure things out, trying to get things in line. But at 40, I just felt like who I am is who you're going to get. Your intuition was there. Yes. Everything kind of fell in line at 40 and I had clear, a little more clarity as to who I was and what I expected and where I was going with my life. Yeah. So for me, watching your story, and I'm, it's it's nowhere near the same thing, and it's not the same thing. Um, I want to make that very clear. But I still use you as an example today and when I, how I do things and how I move. And I say that because I do flash back to times. I'm a big memories person. I think that's so ironic that I'm into production now. And I love pictures. I love videos. I will rewatch them and I go back there. But when I was younger and I was not in a good space, I would always flash forward and I would make up what I wanted to see or what I wanted life to be. And then like, I feel like last year I got there. Like financially, I wasn't scared. I had stood up for myself. I had, you know, I did the unthinkable. Like I stood up to the boogeyman, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, 
I'm not going to say I lost everything because I didn't. I'm aware that I transitioned out of a lot of things all around the same time. (laughs) Um, And so like opening, you know, and starting this production company, it felt like 40 or it felt like the 30. It was something new. It was good. I know it would be difficult. Um, I did not expect to, um, you know, like be living in a van part time or, um, and it's so crazy because when I bought the van, it was like, okay, this is a great vacation thing. It was, it was a privilege, you know, to have extra and more. But through this year, like committing to this new purpose and this new path, um, I've had some resistance. Because it's like, I didn't say I wanted to give up those things to do this. <laughs> like that wasn't in the, that to. wasn't in the paperwork <laughs> when I said yes to this. Um, and so I've had to transition and it's been, it's been scary because it's like, I, I don't want to go back to feeling like I don't have anything versus before I felt like I was dealing with my parents because I didn't have any money or I was reliant on them like emotionally or things like that. And then like now I'm here and I don't, I know that last year felt better, but this year I have a bigger purpose. And so I'm grieving it. You know what I mean? And I realized that you go through all those things and the grief comes also from feeling like you're failing your child. And so I still think of you because I'm like, but you, you have your child. Yeah. You have breath. Yeah. You have, you know what I mean? You have light. And I always think of you because I'm like, okay, even when Lila was 24, I know what 24 now as an adult, what she didn't have. And she yeah. made a way. Like, even when my, and you know, my parents would always be like, you know, oh, well, she don't have no money to go. Oh, don't worry about it. She just, can she go? I'll can bring her go? back. Can she go? And it's crazy because I didn't always have it, but God always made a way. It always worked out. <laughs> always worked and out. And I think that's a lesson too. I think that people really don't understand that when you're walking in a certain purpose, even though it doesn't look like what you think it should look like. Yeah. And people don't understand. Sometimes you have to lose to win. And we don't want to take the losses in the victory. Like, um, you lose a lot of battles just yeah, to win the war. You do. And it's not always about the um the right thing. And sometimes we only look at what's going on right at that moment, but it's it's setting you up to propel you into something greater sometimes. And I had to learn to focus on um because I definitely right before I turned 30, I was sleeping in people didn't know I slept in my car. And I did feel like I was feeling I had moved to Houston. Thought I had all the answers because I didn't. I always knew I didn't want to live in St. Louis. Yeah, you decided but, I was going regardless. <laughs> like I, I always knew I didn't want to live in St. Louis. Um, but moving to Houston was a leap of faith because I had no job. I didn't know where I was going to live, but I knew that I wanted a better life for my me and my kid. And I knew that it wasn't going to happen in St. Louis, right? Um, so. There were Those times, are all true things. Yeah, there were times where I was literally sleeping in my car. So you talk about sleeping in the van. Steph, I can was, I have another napkin, please? <laughs> I was them leave with paper towels. <laughs> they, they, them the good ones. Grab me one of them. Go through them. <laughs> um, I was sleeping in my car. There were times I slept in my car. Um, I was changing for work in like bathrooms, like pursuit of happiness type stuff, yeah. you know. And people don't understand the the sacrifice you make to get to where you have to go. Um, but it's definitely uh looking back on it, it was necessary. It definitely was necessary. Um, so I look at you and I'm so proud of you and all that you're doing. Um, and even when you feel like you're failing, it's necessary. It is 
um, growing you in ways that you don't even realize. It is teaching you things that you don't even realize you're going to need for the future to have learned. And sitting here at 42 <laughs> versus your 31, I can talk about it in retrospect of being in those situations and being, you know, in a different place financially. I'm definitely not where I want to be, but I remember filing a tax return, having two kids and I made $22,000 and looking back on how God kept me, how we didn't miss meals, you know, and it's definitely a thing where you, you want to look at it in hindsight, but being in your life and us having these conversations, looking at it in the present, you're definitely still blessed, definitely still have come so far from where you even imagine you would be, yeah. you know? So you have to look at it in those ways. And I've learned to appreciate all the trials. Yeah. Um, being a woman of faith, I think we've had this conversation. I wrestle with my faith and what I feel, who I know God <laughs> yeah. to be, but how I know that, I feel like at times he's failed me and then realizing he really hasn't. And even having my kid, I never wanted kids at all, period, honestly. And so having something. my, my son and God really speaking to me to have him, he completely changed my life. Like the person I was after David. And I used to tell people, I speak in him AD versus BD. And after David Lila, <laughs> baby was a different person. Yeah. And I have to look at God using that situation to really grow me and mature me and even give me, me 16, almost 17 years of being his mom and really understanding like what he brought to my life, you know, yeah. and appreciating that part of it and not dwelling on the fact that he's not here anymore. Cause it's so easy to dwell in what you don't have versus like really sitting and understanding. I don't have this part of it, but who would I be? What would I be? Where would I be at if I never had it at all? Mm. And so it's about perspective. Do it. Does it still hurt? Yes. <laughs> yes. Are you going to still cry? Hell yes. Is it a process? Yeah. It's an everyday thing. I don't think I'm ever not going to be more in the loss of my kids till the day I die. I think that there's never going to be a day that I don't think about him. There's never going to be some feeling of loss of grief behind that. Yeah. But like I said, it's about honoring that person in their life. And how do I do that in a way that shows up for them? Yeah. I, um, the after David, Leela gave me light, you know, gave me light. And it's, it gave me a new appreciation for you when, of course, when someone goes through something, of course, you appreciate them more. But like, seriously, because even now I look to how you were, I just always felt like you did always have, um, God always made a way. Always. The universe always made a way. A check always made a way. Like it just always, it, it all, always. like you always like, mm, it'll come back to me. What, whatever you had to do, it'll come back. And just even listening. So you're talking about things that I talk about to over 60,000 people a month. You know what I'm saying? Um, I talk about words of affirmation before I knew they were words of affirmation. I talk about carrying myself in a, in a regard, no matter what I have, it's going to be the best. Like, mm -hmm. So 
somebody offered you a $10,000 grant, you wouldn't say, oh, I want 5,000 of it. No, you're going to take all of it. And I feel like you are always a person like what's available. I want everything that's available to me. And, and you enjoyed it. And I, and I know that that's real because you made some of the worst times of my life, some of the best times of my life that for the longest, I didn't even know I was hurting or in trouble because I had good people. I had a support system and, and you're still here, you know, and you're still here. Oh, I know it. Ain't gonna I, I know it. Um, and so just, just watching you, um, but it, but it scares me. It scares me because I, you have always said, um, you've always been the precedent for me. The, the lady I saw in my life that was just carrying herself like a lady, like, and you might've thought whatever, but to me, you were just a superstar, like a boss ass bitch, like. <laughs> I'm trying to be like Lila when I grow up. And I always, I never want you guys to be like me. That's the crazy part about it. Because I knew like the mistakes I made and I always tried to give you guys an insight without scaring you, without giving you guys too much, yeah. but understanding, like encouraging you to go away to school, um, to make your mark or even follow your passions, you know, and things of that nature, because I felt like I was limited in those, in those areas sometimes. And I always want you guys to be, and you guys are actually, you guys have achieved more and done more in less time. And it's always the goal. You want the next generation to be better, to do better, to have more information, to make better decisions and to live their lives and be who they are sooner than later. Cause I feel like we were so scared to, to be who we wanted to be that it took me a while to get to that comfortable place of being yeah. like, this is who I am. This is how I'm showing up. Take it or leave it. Yeah. And I always wanted you guys to be that even as young girls, even starting out. Well, I think that you've, um, you've done amazing. Um, I don't know how many kids you got now. Cause if you count all of us, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a lot of us now. Um, but it just, it does feel good to have that, that big sister you've never had and just having a woman that you, um, can't go to and talk to. And I, I do feel like, uh, the love and intentionalness that you give me, I give to all of my viewers, all of my, you know, um, all my listeners, um, because I'm just trying to give them something that I didn't have. You, there is no reason for y'all to go through some of the shit that we be talking on this show. And mm-hmm. we do need to talk about these things more. And I don't think I get it right every time, but going back to adult tip of the day, it's okay that I'm not perfect. I'm here off the integrity. I'm doing it. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing it and it's helping somebody. And the more that I do what I'm supposed to do, I'm honoring you. And with that, you can, you can honor David and you know, you're being the, the mother who he has, somebody to be proud of. Um, and because of who you are, it makes me who I am. So the things of where you want it to be. Yeah. It's not always us that gets to do it. Yeah. There, there are certain parts I want to feel that might not be for me. Maybe Trey is going to feel those things. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm very aware that we have to play our part and our role because it is so much bigger. Um, and you know, it's, it's through relationships like you and ours that has never made me give up on God. People ask me all the time, are you, you know, like, do you, are like, are you religious? And I'm like, I've never been really religious. I've always been like Baptist and in the church. I've always loved God though. Like, I know y'all hear me as like this witchy bitch and I'm spiritual. That's just all the things. I do believe in all things. I think 
the planets are real. I think astrology is, you know, a science. I think that different churches have different, you know, like mm-hmm. all at the end of the day, I do, I use the parts. I eat the meat. I spit the bones. You know, I, yeah. I do talk to my ancestors. I hope that they looking out for you. There's no way that you can't think like David yeah. is not looking out for you and making sure you're okay. Or, you know, like I believe in all of that because if I don't believe in it, then they're not here with me anymore. Mm-hmm. And I know that what's happening here is only for a little while, regardless, like, my spirit, my energy that lives on and it it shows up, you know, just constantly. Um, And so I just want you to know that um, whoever you thought that you weren't, you are. And you always have been that girl. (laughs) And I am um, me and so many other girls from there um, are a reflection of that. And and David's life, you know, a reflection of that in life. And we need to bleep that out. Beep. Uh, (laughs) um, just a reflection of that and so um before we move on thank you for just um sharing space with me today because i know it it can be easy i have no idea how you feel but i do know that i love you and that's all i can do and whenever you need more of it just press the button and more come out (laughs) like even if you want to fuck around and hug me after this I'll do it for you. you. I will hug you. I'm just like you because I was like, why do we have to do this? Why Why do we have to hug? Hump? You said you want to hump? What is this hugging about? What is this doing? Hey, you guys, I hope you're enjoying the show. I just wanted to stop by and let you guys know that all three of our masterclasses this month are available to Patreon members for free. Yes, you heard that correctly. Our mouth masterclass, our dick writing 101 course, as well as our masturbation and squirting class are all available on Patreon. You guys, Patreon is an amazing way to support me as well as the creatives that make this show possible. But don't worry, in exchange, we're giving you guys some amazing content. If you love my show, then you must join me over there. Outside of getting the masterclasses for free, you'll also get a chance to watch our bonus show that comes out each month called Boats and Hoes, where I sit down with my friends and do an episode of the show based off what's going on with us in real life. We also have a show on there dedicated just to sex. It's called just another sex podcast and you get to hear me teach and talk to others as they learn in real time on top of the other 250 classes and workshops that are already on there from my teachings as a sexual educator. This show is a resource for you to learn from my experiences and though it has no cost for you, I just need you to know that signing up for Patreon goes so much farther than you think. I know that you may not join the content every single month, but think of it like a gym membership. It'll always be there whenever you're ready and it does so much good whether you know it or not. I appreciate all the support that you guys give me in all the ways that you do. And now back to the show. Oh, yeah. Now we got that out of the way. Exactly. I wish we could have a little break, but okay. All right, before we get up <laughs> out of here, um, you are 42. I have very much in you. Okay, so before Ooh, you leave, we need to get to the sex tip of the day. Okay, the sex tip of the day is because, um, if you guys don't know, I also am the owner of Sexual Essentials. It is an education company created to help people create the intimate life that they desire. And so just as real as I am about life on here, I'm just as real about sex and intimacy and getting to um, that central part of you that that all of us, I think, are always trying to get back to. So much has changed us. So, hell, grief can change how you feel about sex. Hell, I don't know about you, but I get real horny around, like, sadness and grief. Like, <laughs> there are endless amounts. It's a comfort. Yeah, it yeah. fills me up. 
where I'm empty. But the sex tip of the day is so that we can spotlight something that we have taught or talked about on our Patreon. Um, our Patreon is where I have over 250 learning classes, videos, workshops, hands-on demonstrations, and so much more and so many conversations on bettering and improving your intimate life. Um so I have to ask you from the 42 perspective, because you've been giving me tips all my life. We don't need to stop now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Um, how old were you? And like when sex started hitting different or like what in your life changed that made sex start hitting different? And I know for me at 31, what that is, but I want to know what yours is at 42. Um, mine, I'm going to say is I think that sex started changing for me when I stopped having it. Like sex was different once I stopped. Um, I realized like, I realized now like why certain things would be red flags when you hop from person to person, person to person, because you realize like if your boundaries are set up the way they're supposed to and you're, you realize how many people do not fit your boundaries. There is no way that all of these people fit within your boundaries. The odds are, you know, like, the key don't open every lock. And I'm not talking about being a hoe or being, you know, like, like that. I'm just saying like the, the people that you let in, it's not always that, that because you could be, I'm vulnerable with y'all, but we don't know each other. Like, you know, so for me, I feel like sex changed when I stopped having it because the things that I was more aware of or the way that my body changed, like when I just not like I don't deserve sex, but more so it's not going nowhere. Kind of like the perspective of when I got married. Like, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> no need to rush. Like, because if every time you, like, every time you end up not talking to somebody, it's like three months. Oh, dang, dang, dang. I just feel like, okay, why is it ending that way? And I feel like for me, I just, not having sex made, made a lot of things more clear for me. That my, it gave space for my boundaries to grow, for them to change, for me to decide, like, is this person even somebody you're supposed to be fucking? Maybe it's just somebody that wants to do for you or wants to care for you or, you know, whatever. And just giving me the opportunity to explore that and just understand that there are plenty of men and women out there that want to be intimate with you that don't need your body at all. You know, like, you have to accept people doing for you. And I think that as a woman that does a lot on her own, that can be very difficult. Um, <laughs> letting people yeah, do for you, yes. especially like people of the opposite sex or somebody that you romantically involved in. So for me, sex changed when I stopped having it because I realized people are willing to give you everything you think you deserve. But what do you think you deserve? What do you think you deserve? Yeah. So I will say that for me, um, sex has always been heady for me. Like it's always been more mm-hmm. in my brain okay. than in my body. Sapiosexual. Yeah. So yes. it's always been more in my brain than in my body. So it's, it was always hard for me to even orgasm or come with somebody that I wasn't like mentally connected with. But sex change for me, I've always had periods where I'll stop having sex. Like, yeah. because. <laughs> No judgment. I, no judgment. I didn't understand it back then. I'd be like, why aren't you? Well, because you have to recognize the the reasons that you're having yeah. sex. So sometimes sex isn't really about the sex. It's about what you're missing or lacking in your life. Mm-hmm. So when you re- you fulfill voids, sex doesn't become a thing to fulfill a void. Yeah. It becomes a pleasurable experience. And then knowing yourself and knowing what you expect from that from that encounter 
Yeah. Definitely and communicating that. So yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, put this leg here, move your body here. And understanding that I deserve, like, I will say me for sex is like, okay, if they get it, it's fine. But then understanding that, like, oh no, this is about me too. And understanding that I want to get where I need to go. So how do I get to where? Let me give you some directions. <laughs> Cause we need to get to this place yeah. and we both need to get there. So that's fine too. Um, on the reverse of what you said, I used to be just a lay there kind of person. So like, oh, pillow princess. <laughs> yes, I was a pillow princess. I believe you. <laughs> I know you, and I believe you. Definitely. <laughs> so being more active and uh, participating and knowing what I'm <laughs> not participating. <laughs> I just put it out there. I mean, Look here, when the classes, I never came had out, any complaints. I never had any complaints. I know. But it. I remember we had this conversation when yeah. I started having classes. Yes. He was like, "Hmm, yeah. <laughs> women desire to participate, <laughs> not in a bad way, like right, right. in a bad way, but just in a way that uh, it was never a requirement. I will say that too. It was never like, oh, I need you to do more. It was always like they're coming back and they act like they can't get enough of it. So." <laughs> It's working right right now, but understanding, like, like I said, understanding positions and bodies and what I needed from those, those things and not making sex, um, a requirement for something else that I was lacking really puts the focus on the sex and not what makes the the void that it's filling. And so now it's like, I I, I don't need to fill any voids, but so I'm, I'm just waiting when you just when you desire it yeah when yeah. i desire it i feel that from the person i desire it from you got somebody on the list oh <laughs> yeah this girl, we gonna put no. it on the internet don't, no. don't drop no names i wouldn't even don't do that don't do that don't do that because we ain't gonna cut no, it out no i'm not dating anybody seriously <laughs> enough right now but you know keeping my options hopeful open. i'm, I'm hopeful <laughs> i am <laughs> Well, hopefully we're about to walk into the terrible twos. It's the one year anniversary. And I know that there has to be like so many things that you learn through that. But I do know that um, there's a whole nother life that is about to start and happen because that means your purpose isn't done. You know what I mean? You're still here. That means that there's still something for you to do. And everything that you've been doing for me, for for everyone, has always been a reflection of who you are. Um, and who you are has changed now. And that means that your purpose is still bigger than everything, which means that everything that you feel, if it's that large, everything you're meant for is large. You know what I mean? Like you're hitting so many places and you don't even know it. Like this, It's it's crazy you to say that because I really felt for a long time my purpose was to be this mom and to raise another person to be great and to own that that's not the end of my story that there's more in me to give to the world is definitely, yeah, it's pivoting me into a different way (laughs) and really catapulting me into like, what am I supposed to do next? Like, how am I supposed to transition this into something great that I can share with the world? I just feel like your discernment is about to be slapping. Like, (laughs) because at the end of the day, everything that you were supposed to fulfill for the first 40 years of life you now know the heaviness of that. And not just because of this, just even before life was never easy. Life has never been easy. Like, you know, it's just a matter of who you do it with. Um, and so now the things that you embark on, I feel like your body has a PTSD. We like, okay, we just went through all of this and okay, now I got to start over. I'm a baby again. Um, and that I can relate to. 
um, and that being difficult. But, um, you know, I'm always here to talk, to laugh, to talk shit, make you cry or whatever I need to do. Um, and I'm just super, super appreciative to have you in my life. Um, so that felt like a spiritual tip of the day. It wasn't, but we almost said it. Um, but with that sex tip of the day, you guys, make sure you check out the orgasm challenge on Patreon. Um, there are orgasm challenges on there for those who need to have more orgasms and need to try different things. But also on the back end, if you're like me or us that felt like not having sex could change you too. Um, in your sexuality, it, it can have duality as well. There can be parts of your intimate life that include no intercourse at all. And there can be parts where that's all you want. Um, give yourself freedom to like or want the things that you want. Um, but before we go, we are going to end off with the spiritual tip of the day. Um, and the spiritual tip of the day is just something to help people understand and not be so intimidated with uh, spirituality as a whole. And a lot of that is just ignorance. Um, and we just don't know what everything means. Like people say higher self or energy and, you know, you feel intimidated. And it's like not coming for religion. It, they, 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 can, they can both exist or um, mm-hmm. astrology or ancestors, um, you know, like your grandma tattooed on your arm, your ancestor, like, you know, stuff like that. Um, so this one is about uh, funerals versus celebrations of life. Um, and I just thought that it was um, something that people may not know. I know I didn't. But when during COVID, my my son, his um, his dad lost his mom and his sister. Um, and it was, it was a lot for me, you know, I wasn't dealing with my parents, uh, or my family. So they are my family, even after divorce, like he's still my emergency contact. Um, but it was the first time I experienced cremation and it was so, <laughs> I didn't even realize how traumatic funerals were mm-hmm. until I went to, until we did a memorial with the cremation. And I was like, damn, we really punish ourselves when, when a loved one passes, like we have to feel hurt. We have to feel the worst we could feel. Let me turn on the saddest song I can find. And we, and we dive into it. And I just, I think that for me, I'm going to change that. If I, if unless somebody has a specific thing they want me to do, like you better put it in there if you want me to put you in the box. Cause at this point, everybody getting planted in the earth <laughs> or going in the ocean or something like that. Like, um, but, um, I, I do think that it, it was a much more beautiful transition. I was able to focus on the celebration more. And um, yeah. So how did you feel? How do you feel about, um, um, does it even matter at this point? Like, don't even matter. Give me my kid back. Like, Yeah. I think that was the thing. Cause even when all of that happened, it was more so like um, his, his dad's family wanted to have a funeral in St. Louis. And I was like, that's fine. Like, and initially, I didn't even want to go. That's like, I know. How do you not go to your... Because for me, that's not my kid anymore, like laying in that box. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And to sit there, like you said, it is... Um, but I feel like when it comes to death and dying, we almost don't feel like we grieve properly. And I get that a lot because... You know, I'm not an outwardly emotional person most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I get a lot of, oh, well, you're handling it so well. And, oh, well, you look good. Or you, oh, well, you don't seem. And people really don't understand, like, how you deal with things on your own. Because I'm not, because if I, 
if I presented myself how I feel about it all the time, I probably not the hell out of you yeah. for even saying that. If I <laughs> yeah. acted how or I felt, or like y'all to be ready to commit me somewhere because if I always presented myself or how that how that emotion makes me feel, but at the same time, I still have to be present in my life and and in my other kids' life, and to live in a place of grief all the time is not healthy. Right. And you have to recognize that too. But um, yeah, I'm gonna be in a box. I'm gonna be in a canister. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want anybody. Yeah, go ahead and put me in one of those little cute canisters. I'm putting a necklace. That's fine. In like 50 years. Let's be clear. And we've had the conversation even with my dad. My dad wants to be cremated. My grandmother's like, no, no, no. And I think that there's a lot of tradition surrounding some of that going to hell if somebody <laughs> cremates you. And I think that a lot of things are built on tradition or old um, wives tales or old things like that, yeah. that, that dictate how we function even today. So I think it's a balance too, because, you know, I'm a very, um, I'm very into my faith. I go to church every yeah. Sunday. I'm, I, I teach vacation Bible school, you know, <laughs> um, and all of those things. But at the same time, understanding that, um, I am a representation of the church and how I present myself. And I don't say that I'm always that, that person. <laughs> I'm not always like quoting Bible <laughs> scriptures and, and all of that, but I try to be a good person in the way where I live my life in a yes. way that even at happy hour, I, I find myself praying for people or, you know, like I'm trying to have a margarita. Now let's take these shots. <laughs> <laughs> trying to have a margarita, but somebody needs prayer. Support, or prayer. I got you. So it's, it's a way that you can still be you, still be present in the, in, in the here now and do things that may not seem churchy, but still be a light to other people where they see that God in you and you can still present it in that way. So like with the funeral verses, yeah, just celebrate my life, have a little party, <laughs> eat some chicken, you know, what I'm <laughs> and some french fries because that's my favorite. Yeah. And then that's it. Like, yeah, burn, okay. go ahead. Burn me up. Yeah, burn me up. <laughs> burn me up. Figure Plant out the me rest. as a tree. Yeah, figure out the and rest. And please water it. Really? But you ain't got to do nothing with the mashes because that's not me anymore. No, plant me at the tree. At the I want to be the tree. Want to be the tree? Yeah, I do want to be a tree. Okay. Tree is good. Oxygen, breath, breathe. For, for them. Not oh. for me, for them. I can, I can see that. Give yeah. you something. Give I got you something. That. I can see that. I like um, that. <laughs> but yes. All right. If you're still with us and you're not like, oh my gosh, this was like really sad. Thanks for watching till the end. <laughs> um, and thank you for sitting with us. If you're going through anything, um, I really hope that maybe this helped you. Um, if you're grieving anything, I hope that, you know, you're not necessarily going through the hardest thing of your life. But um, if you are, this is a testimony that um, if you're still here, then you're still here. And you don't have to rush yourself to figure it out. Um, you have no idea who you've been a light for. And even if you didn't feel equipped um, now, you may have always been more equipped than you ever thought. Um, and that's what you've always been to me. You've always been more equipped. God has equipped you to do things um, that have went way past your your hands or your threshold. Um, and he won't stop doing that. Yeah. And yeah. I tell people a lot of things aren't me. They're just God working through <laughs> me. Like even oh, people like, how it. are you maintaining? How are you? But it's not me. It's not me at all. Yeah. It's really his strength and that, that lifts me to, to even do certain things to get out the bed some days. It's definitely God and it's definitely 
that higher calling to like, I have more to do. Like, yeah. okay, so what's next for me? And sometimes I just don't get out of bed and that's okay too. And that's okay. <laughs> and that's okay too. <laughs> so I do think people need to understand it's not one or the other. Take your days, take your moments, take your time, but also under, don't live there. Don't live in the grief because yeah. it will consume you in a way that yeah. takes you out. So it's duality. We were laughing and everything we were laughing and it was sad moments and so much um the only person i know that got me to go back to st louis and i was like mm, it's gonna be a while and i'm like fuck <laughs> go yeah. back yeah. um and it was better than what i thought it was something i needed um so um well thank you guys for tuning in um and i appreciate you guys of course talking about sadness and grief makes you want to appreciate those around you so i'm very appreciative of my team um brandon steph katura always like getting me together um and you guys the listeners and the viewers um i tell people all the time this was not what i chose i did not choose this that this was an assignment that was given to me and i felt like if i didn't do this then i wasn't gonna get to the stuff that i really wanted um um but i do it every day and i do it because it's it is helping people and I think that that, that thing feel good when you're helping folks. Too. Yeah, it feels Sometimes good. Sometimes you don't know what you need. <sighs> you don't. And I feel like you're talking to me this whole episode. and uh, Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and listen to this one. But <laughs> you're still doing it. You're still pouring into me um, and teaching me. So you've always been equipped. And I just, I need you to know that. Um, so I love you. Um, thank you for coming on the show. And you guys make sure you click the links below to support, um, the show and, um, sign up for Patreon. Make sure that you, um, tap into what we have going on over there. Um, classes, videos, all that stuff. And please make sure that you rate and review the show. We put a lot of energy into these, the outlines and the look and just being so, thorough when we're not knocking my mics over and stuff and <laughs> um but it costs nothing for you to tune into the show but it costs me everything it costs me telling you the truth talk crime makeup and it really does actually have financial costs so if you could rate review share a reel um or tell someone about the show it goes farther than you think um and if you super fancy you join the patreon because that pays the bills. So um, I love y'all so much and we will see y'all next time. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. Thank you for keeping an open mind and joining me in creating a safe place for others to share their truth. Make sure that you're following Not Just Another Sex Podcast wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss our weekly episodes. But also, if you want to keep the conversation going, make sure that you follow us on Instagram, Not Just Another Sex Pod, as well as sexual.essentials. Don't forget to sign up to my Patreon. The link is in the description of this episode. Not only do you get access to my personal life through my close friends and things like that, but I also have almost 300 classes, workshops, private group chats, hands-on demonstrations, interviews, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want more from me, then that's absolutely where you need to be. If you would like to support this podcast, make sure that you rate and review and make sure that you share this episode with your family and friends. I'll see you next week.